Today we have gathered here for Eid al-Adha. It is also known as an Eid of sacrifice. And today we will remember a very special incident that happened. It is a story of immense sacrifice. In a way, it's a story of human sacrifice, but with true sincerity and genuineness, which has marked it in the history with greatness. This is a sacrifice of a holy father, a holy son, and a holy mother, the likeness of which has never been seen anywhere in the archives of history. And Allah Almighty has in fact saved this incident, this story, for time and for time forever in fact, because He has linked it to this very special day of Eid. And when I say the word sacrifice, we should always remember that there is an innate quality of willingness if a deed is done in terms of sacrifice. If it is forced on somebody, then it is torture, it's not sacrifice. So here, when I speak about sacrifice, each and every one of them was willing, was ready, was eagerly desirous to fulfill their part. Whether we discuss the willingness of a father who would leave his wife and his firstborn child in the middle of nowhere for the sake of God, or a willingness of a mother to establish herself with her only son in a barren land, or the willingness of a tender-aged child to walk alongside his father straight to a slaughterhouse. Every aspect and every angle of this shows how each and every one of us within our domestic lives, within our family units, we must each and every one of us be ready and willing to sacrifice. And the lesson here is that if you really want to achieve great things, then you have to be ready for sacrifice. And the greatest of all things is of course God Almighty. Today I will present some of the points mentioned by Khalifatul Masih Rabi Rahimullah in his sermon on June 1st, 1993 and April 18th, 1997. To draw a full picture, we have to start off with the prayer that Hazrat Ibrahim made. He said, Rabbi habli minas salihin. Rabbi habli minas salihin. Oh Allah, grant me a righteous offspring. Oh Allah, grant me a righteous child. And if you think about it, since Adam salam, until now, every parent makes this prayer. And yet every parent is not granted Ishmael's. They're not granted with righteous children. What is the reason for this? And the basis for this is that when you make a prayer, it is not just mere lip service. There has to be an anguish, a yearning, a passion behind the prayer a longing, a desire. Otherwise, it's empty. So along with this anguish, along with the prayer itself, Rabbi Habli Minas Salihin, it has to be followed up with a long period of struggle and effort. Only then can such a prayer reach fruition. And that's why today, our parents, 
our elders, they have to wake up. They have to realize that with all of our prayers, we have to reinforce them with some meaningful action. There are many parents who are struggling with their children. They cannot just merely pray day in and day out with no action whatsoever. They will not see the fruition of their prayers. They cannot ignore all the steps necessary to help their children, to help them and guide them and put them on the right track. Yes, prayer is necessary, but there are steps around it. For example, if a parent really truly desires for their child to be in namazi, somebody who offers prayer regularly, it is not enough that you are praying day in and day out, but you don't have any necessary steps to actually make your child a regular namazi, somebody who offers prayer. And to give you an extent of how much effort we have to put into this, I'll give you the example of our beloved Khalifa, Hazrat Mirza Masood Ahmad, Ayyad Ta'ala bin Rasul Aziz. For the 16 or 17 years that he lived in London before moving to the outskirts of London known as Islamabad just recently, his own son talking about his father says that for those 16 to 17 years, every single day as a father, in the capacity of a father, he said, I would get a wake-up call for Fajr. This is the Khalifa. He is the busiest man in the entire world. He is worried about each and every one of you, as if you are his own children. But in the capacity of a father, he too understood that you have to go above and beyond and made a very serious effort even now. And let me remind you, his son is not a young boy. He's a grown man with a family. And yet, he gets a wake-up call every morning for Fajr. How many of us are putting in that effort, or that level of an effort? It's something worth reflecting. Then Allah Almighty says to Hazrat Ibrahim salam, He says, فَبَشَّرْنَاهُ بِغُلَامٍ حَلِيمٍ That we gave him glad tidings of a forbearing child. He made a prayer of a child, and Allah says here, I give you a forbearing child. The reason he is given a forbearing child is because Hazrat Ibrahim knew what to pray for. When he prayed for a righteous child, he knew that a righteous child, one of the characteristics he must have is he must be, must have the attribute of forbearance. And the question is, what is forbearance? Forbearance means to be patient to have self-control and to be tolerant. And no father can make this prayer unless he too himself has the attribute of forbearance. This is the first characteristic we find. This is something we too have to pray and hope for in our children. And let's be honest, today our children need this quality of forbearance more than ever in the past. Because the hardships and struggles that they see, they take it as a nuisance, <coughs> as a difficulty, as something that they're irritated of. And it's because of the age we live in. Today, to ask your children even to turn on or off the light switch in your home, they would prefer having a Google Home or an Alexa to do that. This is the kind of ease that they have taken on. 
Today's industries are failing because people won't get up and go to the store and buy something. They would rather click on Amazon and have the one day shipping. This is all because of the eagerness to find ease. And yet, they don't realize the reality of life. Life is not easy. There is difficulty in life. And every parent who gives their child whatever they want, that child faces a serious reality check. As he gets older, or she gets older, she points in a direction and the rest of society does not treat her or him the way her parents did. They're not able to grasp everything they point at. And that becomes an even bigger challenge for them to adjust. So it's important for us to start young. Allow our children to know that there is an innate quality of hardship that's required for a healthy upbringing. They have to be ready for life. Because a successful life demands serious effort that cannot be ignored. Now the next few verses about this story are very important. Because Hazrat Ibrahim salam, he did not, the moment he saw this dream, he did not execute it right away. In fact, he waited. He waited for his son to be mature enough to make this decision for himself. This is also very important for us as parents and as elders. Because sometimes it's necessary for you to wait for the right moment to instill a religious injunction, a religious tenet. Sometimes we, we go too fast. We jump the gun, so to speak. Or sometimes we delay it so much we miss the mark altogether. To give you an example, there are some parents who will urge their children, the moment they can read, they push them so much to be able to read the Holy Quran from cover to cover. It's a great thing. But they emphasize and push so much that they must be the first. They must do it right away. That it ends up being a story of first and last. They never read it again. They were pushed to do something so early on that they were not able to understand the love of the Holy Quran. They missed that mark. And then parents wondered, oh, this, this child, he recited it when he was three years old, four years old. He read the whole entire Holy Quran. But now, unfortunately, he doesn't even look at the Holy Quran. You, you wonder why. These are some of those elements we have to look into. The second is about Salat. Many of us miss the mark in this case, where we emphasize so much on other pursuits, so much so that when it is time for prayer, we're casual about it in our homes. It's okay if one prayer goes missing, a second, a third, a fourth, it's okay. But that is not how we have to do it. In fact, the Holy Prophet Muhammad <laughs> he used to be engaged in the home would help around the, the house, the chores. But the moment it was namaz time, salat time, the hadith goes that the moment it was salat time, he would go for salat. Then it did not matter what he was engaged in in the home. It did not matter what project was going on in the home. Now this is important not only for the men who need to get up and go to the mosque, but also for our women. They should be well aware that even if there's a task that they feel is the most important task in the world, 
When it is Salat time, urge and encourage your husbands and your sons and your fathers to go to the mosque for Salat. This is the same example of our beloved Khalifa. His son mentions that his, his father had a no-nonsense policy when it came to Salat time. And if you can't go to the mosque, let's say you live far away, or you are at work, then do Salat at its right time. If you're driving a cab, pull over. Spend a few minutes and remember God. Don't just combine prayers unnecessarily. Read them in your homes at least. But we should be in the mosque. It brings us to the next part of the conversation between Hazrat Ibrahim salam and his son. He says, قَالَ يَا بُنَيَّ إِنِّي أَرَى فِي الْمَنَامِ أَنِّي أَزْبَهُكَ He says, Oh my dear son, I have seen in a dream that I am slaughtering you. فَانْزُرْ مَا So consider what thou thinkest of it. قَالَ يَا أَبَتِفْ and his son responds, he says, Oh my father, do as you are commanded. You will find me, if Allah please, of those who are patient. And just imagine for a moment, you can see a father ready to take his son to a slaughterhouse. But he doesn't just grab his hand and take him there. He explains to him. And when his son asks why, he says it's for Allah. And then his son says, I'm ready for it. This is another lesson for us. Those of us who by force will take our kids to Salat, to the mosque, initially. It's necessary, it's important, yes. But the moment they ask you why, what is our response? Because so-and-so is there. Because so-and-so is going to see. Because so-and-so is going to say this. Because so-and-so has this expression, or this impression, or this idea. Now what ends up happening? The children realize, they can see through everything. They realize we are going there for what? For people, and not for God. You're not pointing up, you're pointing at people. And then that whole exercise, that whole effort, becomes meaningless. Explain to them for a moment, take a moment and make them or help them understand why you are going. A child can see behind the scenes. They know whether you are going for the sake of people's viewing or for the sake of God. They know. So be genuine in your pursuit of Allah. Find Allah, search for Allah in a genuine way and you will see the impact in your next generation. They say, fake it till you make it. It doesn't work in religious terms. When you fake it, everybody can see it. And it has no asr whatsoever, has no effect whatsoever. So you have to put some genuine desire, genuine anguish, genuine passion behind these things. And when you have them, when you have that genuine passion in your homes, a love for the promised Messiah a love for the Holy Prophet Muhammad When you hear his name and you say from the core of your heart, that will transcend into your children. That will make that difference. Now the next verse it goes on to say, فَلَمَّا أَسْلَمَا وَتَلَّهُ لِلْجَبِينَ 
And when they both submitted, Aslama, they both submitted, father and son, to the will of God, and he had thrown him down on his forehead. It mentions that Hazrat Ibrahim put him on his forehead. Just imagine why he would do that. He is taking his firstborn child to a slaughterhouse. He's about to lay him down to slit his throat. And as a command of God, this is not something we do. This is not something we allow in any way or form in Islam. This is exactly the purpose behind this. It was to end this kind of cruelty. As he laid him down, he did not lay him down so he could see him eye to eye. So he could see his face to face. No, he turned him on his forehead. This shows you the tenderness of Hazrat Ibrahim heart. What it must have been going through his mind, his whole body, what he must have been feeling. As a father, after being waiting so long to finally be given a gift of having a child, for you to turn around and take him to the slaughterhouse. So he turned him on his forehead. This shows you that the great sacrifice behind it, even for the father, even for the child. The question arises, what kind of parent would wish to see their child in harm's way? If any child were to fall in the subway tracks, which parent would not jump in and save that child? Each and every one of you. But when it comes to our parents pushing the children towards worldly pursuits, sometimes they allow them to lose focus on the religious rights. And they have no realization sometimes. It's great, it's good to encourage your children for worldly pursuits. We, we should accomplish that as well. We have to be number one in the entire world. We need Nobel Prizes here amongst you. But we don't want them at the cost of you having no more faith, no more religious affiliation, no more connection with God Almighty. Then there's no point. Then there's already thousands and millions of people like that. We want you to reach those heights with God, in the name of God, because of God. This is what we need the parents to also instill within their children. Finding or pursuing a degree, having a better education is a great thing. But at what cost? Our children no longer come to the mosque with the frequency that they should. Our parents are no longer coming to the mosque with the frequency as they should. What is that going to result in over time? Our Amir Sa very clearly mentioned, he said, if we continue in this way, it is very possible that one day we will not be there because Ahmadiyyat will, be, will, will achieve success regardless. But will you be there to see that day? This is why we have to shake ourselves, wake up, realize what we are doing and where we are headed. We call to him, O Abraham, thou hast indeed fulfilled the dream. Here, God Almighty says, you already fulfilled the dream. When did he fulfill it? In his infancy, in Hazrat Ishmael's infancy. Hazrat Ibrahim fulfilled this very dream when he took his wife, Hazrat Hajra, and Hazrat Ishmael, when he was just a baby, took them all the way to a desert and left them there. 
Again, Hazrat Hajra asked him, why are you doing this? What is the reason behind it? Hazrat Ibrahim salam, did not have even enough energy at seeing the sight of what he was about to do to even speak. He simply pointed out. Then Hazrat Hajra said, okay, then we're okay. If this is the will of Allah, then you may go. No problem. But then Hazrat Ibrahim salam, sees his dream again and again and again and again. So now he starts thinking, maybe Allah really wants me to practice some sort of human sacrifice. It's not allowed religiously, but Allah keeps showing me this dream. I've already done that part. Why I'm keep this dream is shown over and over and over. Then we know, of course, that at that very moment when Allah says it's been fulfilled, then He sacrificed an animal instead. And that brings us to this day of Eid and the rest is history. The last verse. And we ransomed him with a great sacrifice. Now some people here think Zibhin Azim, a great sacrifice here, is an animal. That in place of Ishmael, he was given a great sacrifice, which was an animal. That is incorrect. An animal does not even compare to what is being spoken about here. The essence, what it's alluding to, is that now that Ishmael has survived, he will sacrifice his life, not by giving it, but by spending it in the way of Allah. That's the key here. And it was from this same Ishmael that great sacrifice was seen again in a far greater essence when from his own progeny a child was born whose name was Muhammad Him, all of his Sahaba, his companions and all those who have followed they have all given up their necks to the slaughterhouses like sheep and goats throughout the ages there are no companions who compare from any other prophet with those of the companions of the holy prophet Muhammad in other words the advent of Islam brought about this ultimate transformation which demanded a great sacrifice and to highlight this great sacrifice I want to share with you another story. There's a story in Mecca. A man named Abdul Muttalib. He had one son and he realized this one son would not do enough. He would not suffice for the needs that Abdul Muttalib had. So he prays to Allah and makes a deal, a vow. He said, Allah, if you give me ten sons, I will sacrifice one in your way. Lo and behold, Allah gives him 12. But when he had 10 sons, one day he decided, today is the day. I will now pull a lot, cast, basically pull a name out of a hat. Which son will be sacrificed, physically sacrificed for the sake of God? The name he pulls out is Abdullah. 
right away he grabs Abdullah's hand and starts walking to the slaughterhouse. No hesitation. Even though Abdullah was his most dearest child, he had no regard. He said, I made a promise with Allah. Allah gave me ten. He knows which one he's going to pick. He picked this one. There must be a reason. So he takes him. On the way, his family starts crying and weeping and begging him. Please, Abdullah, don't take this son. Don't take him. He says, no, I have to take him. This is my promise with Allah. They beg him, okay, why don't you do this? From the same hat, from the same idea, why don't you pull ten camels in place of Abdullah? He says, okay. So he writes ten camels, puts it in. And when he draws the name out, it says Abdullah. So then the family quickly says, put 20 camels. If 10 didn't survive, put 20. It's okay, he puts 20. The name that comes out again, Abdullah. They say put 30. Abdullah. 40. Abdullah. 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. Abdullah. 90 camels and Abdullah is still Abdullah. Then he say put 100 camels. So he writes 100 camels. And when he draws it this time, it comes out 100 camels. So the family gets happy. Oh, thank God. We saved Abdullah. Abdul Mutlib says, no, that's not fair. Nine times Abdullah's name came out and just one time I don't know if this is really what Allah wants. He said, I'm going to draw it again. 100 camels in Abdullah. As soon as he takes it out, it says 100 camels. He says, okay, I'm going to do it again. Draws it again, it says 100 camels. He says a third time, I'm going to try it again. And then again, he draws it again, and it says 100 camels. And then he sacrificed 100 camels and gave it to the people. The same Abdullah, he later got older and married a woman named Amina and gave birth to the greatest man on the face of this earth, the Holy Prophet Muhammad Just like the life of Ishmael, his life, Hazrat Abdullah's life, hung in the balance. This is why the Holy Prophet Muhammad he referred to himself, he said that I am the son of the two sacrifices. <coughs> sacrifice of Ishmael and the sacrifice of Abdullah. Therefore it's important for us to wake up. Not only us but the youth here. We have to wake up. We need to understand that we need God more today than we have ever needed Him in the past. If you have dreams, you have aspirations, you have things you want, connect with God and He will guide you. He will give you, you'll see it. Just try it. So today I want to leave you not with just stories for you to forget by the time next Eid comes. Maybe if I give the same sermon next Eid, you'll also be surprised. So I don't want that. I'm going to give you three things I want you to take home. Remember them. Process them. The first is Salat. You need to grab hold of this Salat, this prayer, this five daily prayer. You're letting it go and I don't know which way you'll end up. Please don't let go of Salat. Connect to it. 
Think of it this way. 3,650 times from this mosque, it is announced, come to prayer, come to prayer, come to success, come to success. We're all here today. Just think about this for a moment. We're all here today, but there was no azan. Nobody told you, come to prayer and come to success. The other 3,000 times there is, and yet we are not there. There's no azan, there's no ikama today, and yet all of us are here. Process that, realize it. We need to connect with Salah. We need to connect with God Almighty on a personal level. We need to do it in congregation as a community. The second thing, you need to connect with your Khalifa. The living, breathing representation of God Almighty on the face of this earth is our Khalifa, he's a man of God. Connect with him. Don't lose that opportunity. Don't go old and just tell your kids there was a Khalifa and there was this and Abu Bakr and all these stories. You are living right now on the face of this earth with a Khalifa. How are you serving him? How are you connecting with him? When you write to him, he replies to you. He speaks to you every Friday at Jummah. How many of us take the effort and time to listen to it regularly? Every day there's clips. So please make an effort, write to your Khalifa. Make an effort, listen to the Friday sermons. It will help save you. And lastly, just go on YouTube every once in a while and just watch a clip. Type MTA, type Ahmadiyya. Just watch the first three clips that are there. Start to connect with your Khalifa. Everything is there for us to connect with him. And the third thing, you must be involved. You must be connected to the Jamaat. Participate in the duties. Participate in the activities. This is for you and your children. You have to be here. You have to be present. You cannot show up again next year for Eid. It is not going to be enough. If you really want to save yourself, your family, your children, everybody, you have to connect to the Jamaat. You have to participate. I recall a, a very dear relative of mine many years ago was praying for their children. Allah, tell me the one sure way that I can safeguard my kids. And they saw a dream. In the dream, Khalifatul Masih Rabi came and told them, if you want your 